Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl Moadib. <laughs> this is episode 302, Daryl. And the title of this week's episode is All of Your Water Belongs to the Tribe, a Dune movie review. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are obviously talking about Dune. We are, um, we've got, we have five news bites. We're going to try and get those through those kind of quick. Um, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff to unpack and talk about. So a couple of the news bites we're not going to talk a ton about, um, but we thought they were important. And then we're going to get to Dune and, uh, you guys know Dune is my favorite book. Um, we've we've talked about this, especially a lot lately. Uh, I've read it 31 times, um, at least. And I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so It was funny because uh, yesterday when I started watching it, Jess was like, uh, so is Brian like the book or whatever? Because, you know, I have, still have the book on the mantle or oh. <clears throat> on the coffee table. And I was like, yeah, he's read it like every year since he was like, 13 or 14 or something <laughs> like that. I couldn't remember the year. Yeah. And no, she 13. gave, she like looked over. Yeah. She looked over at me. I'm like, yeah. I was like, well, technically the last several years, he's actually listened to the audio book. Yeah. But <laughs> it's my favorite book. It, it is hands down my favorite book. It, it is, you know, I mean, it, it's my favorite IP. Like, you know, I mean, I love Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, but Star Wars, I feel is a like, it's like the, uh, uh, the Bill Parcells tree of coaching, right? You know, uh, he's the original. And, like, you could look at Belichick as, like, Star Wars, where, like, Belichick took everything he learned from Parcells and did a little better. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for you non-sports fans, uh, we're t I'm, I'm talking about my New York football giants. Who suck? It's just in. Yeah, right. Uh, Barkley's hurt again. Yeah, I know. He hurt his ankle. Yeah. yeah. I actually saw that. This is when why it you don't draft a running back at the second pick. Okay. Uh no. <laughs> let's uh <laughs> let's hop let's hop right into it. Um so uh we're leading with Alec Baldwin. We have to. Um yeah. and let's let's just get this out of the way. Alec Baldwin is a violent, abusive, garbage human being who is a very good husk when it comes to being an actor because he can turn yes. all of that off and he can be Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock and be hilarious. And he can do... I'm sorry. I thought his Donald Trump imitation was hilarious. I really did. I'm trying didn't. to think if I ever saw that. I mean, I watched. But I didn't you know watch Saturday Night Live. I mean, I'd see clips online. Yeah. Like, I thought it was hilarious. I thought, oh, I thought okay. he did a really good job at it. Like, he had the mannerisms down. He had the voice down. I mean, he kind of looks like Donald Trump, just like a little more handsome. But, um, but at the end of the day, he's garbage. He's violent, and you know, he's apparently negligent as well. Um, so I'm sure everyone has heard, but he. Uh, on the on the on the set of his film Rust, shooting shooting in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, discharged a firearm and killed cinematographer uh, cinematographer uh, Helena Hutchins and in, injured uh, director Joel Souza. Um, he's also a producer on it, so everybody's been talking about this and, and being like, "Well, why? Well, you know, well, how could he have done this? How could this have happened?" Uh, so just real quick, 
how much do you know about like how they handle guns on movie sets? I did listen to this, uh, my friend sent a TikTok from this guy that supposedly worked on props and stuff like that. And he explained it a little bit. So got a better idea of, you know, how things go through how, again, based on what this guy said again, yeah. other than that, not so, much. So after Brandon Lee died or like they, they went through and they kind of completely redid protocols for pointing, uh, fake guns, uh, guns with blanks, you know, anything that's going to fire projectile projectile. Um, they changed the protocols for that. So like when you're watching a movie and like they point a gun at somebody and that person gets shot, um, that person is pointing the gun nowhere near that person. It's just kind of the way yeah. they cut it together to look like. So, uh, you know, there, there, there's definitely some some negligence involved here. Now they have an armorer on on set who handles the weapons and loading and unloading and checking. Um, the there's an investigation going on by the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department. So. My my hope is, is that they don't just look at him and say, well, this is a celebrity. We're just going to let him go. They need to do a, mm-hmm. a um, an, an investigation in earnest. Um, but according to the uh, local 44 secretary treasurer, so that's the union that, that handles like the weapons and things like that and works on the sets uh, mm-hmm. locally there. Um, described it as a live single round was accidentally fired on the set by the principal actor hitting both director of photography uh, who is local 600 member Helena Hutchins and director Joel Souza who in the local 44 confirmed that the props set decoration special effects and construction departments were staffed by New Mexico crew members and that there were no local 44 members on the call sheet. So the local 44, I think, is the larger like uh, union uh, mm-hmm. workers. So anyway, uh, there have been a ton. There, there, there have been a bunch of things that have come out. Like some people said it was a blank. This person saying it was a live round. Blanks actually still fire like bits of like paper and 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 things like that yes. that typically like burn up. But like in the case with Brandon Lee, it was a blank. They happen to have. A small piece of metal that, or a small fragment that had lodged in the um, the barrel from a first shot, and then the second shot dislodged it and went through his gut and tore him yeah. up on the inside. John Eric him. John Eric Hexum back in yep. like the eighties killed yeah. himself like that on yeah. the what was it cover up? I think yep. I knew him from Voyager, the the show yep. Voyagers. I yep. used to watch, but so I mean, the, thing. this this Blank. is this is rare. Right, so this is it's not something that happens a lot, but after after Brandon Lee, they really did like, like, hey, there there are people whose jobs it is to make sure that these these weapons are sound and they're safe, uh, as safe as they can be. But then we had a report, and and we saw I saw this on Tim Pool. I shared it with you. Um, so I, I'm I'm we're gonna look at this as rumor for right now, but it says here. Uh, Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office said in a statement that Hutchinson and Souza were shot when a prop firearm was discharged by Alec Baldwin, 68, producer and actor. No one was arrested in the incident, and no charges have been filed. The office said detectives are interviewing witnesses, and the incident remains under an open, inactive investigation. 
According to an onset source, the director had called for another take when Baldwin, in parentheticals, jokingly, remarked, another take? How about I just fucking shoot you both before firing on the pair? Now, if this is true, um, Jack Pazopic posted kind of about this, saying that if this is true, that actually would qualify as second-degree murder in the state of New Mexico. Yeah. So at the very least, uh, it's an accident, right? Uh, but if he's taking and pointing a gun at people and, and pulling the trigger, even with a blank in there, that that is, to me, the very least. Absolutely negligence. Is negligence, which would probably be a manslaughter charge. Now, do I think Alec Baldwin should go to jail for this? No, I do not. Unless he said, how about I shoot you both and then fired at them? Um, then that's that's different, even in, in a joking fashion. that That's a negligent thing. Um, putting my feelings for the absolute garbage human being he is, no, he should not. He should not go to jail unless the investigation says he should go to jail. Yeah, which is funny because if – We've seen some of the things he said on Twitter about certain people he doesn't like, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be officers of the law or other people, and he would not have that type of grace to say something like well, that. And you know that's that's where like living up on the high yeah. road looks nice. Yeah, um, and this is the thing. I mean, even and, and his we statement to... like like I don't know. It, it was definitely written by his publicist. Yeah. So this is the thing. The only way that I would say this is not negligence on his part is if like I know we have the rumor what was may have been said was if this was some type of rehearsal in the sense of the director said something about, you know, say getting the scene right. And even though that doesn't quite make sense why he was still pointing at them, what we said before. It doesn't matter the situation. You never point. Always assume the gun is loaded. Right. I've to- I told you this, like, even when I know for a fact, a thousand percent, because I took the magazine out yep. because I checked to make sure that there wasn't a bullet in there. Never. I will never point a gun at someone. It's, you know, one of the things they said in class is like, you don't point some- the gun at something unless you're willing to destroy it. Right. That's you, you like point at rule number you one. want to kill. Plain and simple. And, you're, and people will say, yeah. And people will say, well, this is a problem. It doesn't matter if it was an airsoft gun, if it was a paintball gun, you, unless you're in the right arena, right. you never point something that fires projectile at someone. Like if I'm going to point a Nerf gun. accidents happen. Yeah, if I'm pointing a Nerf, Nerf yeah, gun that's at someone, diff- yeah. I, I, I'm intending to Nerf kill them. <laughs> you know, it is. I, I'm trying to shoot them in the chest, head, or stomach with a Nerf dart or, that preferably will kind of hurt. Or a super soaker. Uh, yeah, but that's always got bleach in it, so... Anyway, <laughs> okay, I'm then. kidding. It's pissed. Do we need um, to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so no. Uh, but his statement here, he's, he says, and, and he did this on Twitter, and he did it typed. He couldn't even like be bothered to do it as like a video or even a fucking TikTok. Uh, there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchinson, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tra- tragedy occurred, and I'm in touch with her husband, offering my sir my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, 
and all who knew and loved Helena. Um, dude, do that as a video for Christ's sake. It, it's it, it, and it's funny because he's a 68 year old man and he is I mean, he's basically embracing that culture of, you know what, let me just type it and just throw it out there and have no it, it's it's all again. I, I look at social media for the most part, especially when people do on, on Twitter as a lack of accountability. And that's kind of even if I don't care what that said first, it wasn't from him. We know that. Right. So that, that knocks it down like five pegs, even if it wasn't from him and he actually did a video, you can actually see a, a motion on his face. So yeah. that would be bonus points for him. Right. But instead, like you were talking about earlier, just, he is just a husk of a human being as so, an actor. Yep. And we get that. Um, you know, I, I think I think one of the things we have to consider is, you know, he has a history of just being horrible, like um, mm -hmm. with Mel Gibson being cast. And I actually bumped the Mel Gibson thing because of this. Um, but Mel Gibson got cast oh, in the Continental it, and uh, the, the prequel, the three episode prequel um, of John Wick, which I think is actually kind of cool because I like Mel Gibson like. You know, again, yeah. like I, I don't like Mel Gibson as a person. I like Mel Gibson as the the you can differentiate husk yeah. that is doing what husks should do, and that's how I'm referring to <laughs> actors from now on. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but uh, I saw somebody like compare him to Alec Baldwin, and then somebody else replied no, and and this was before any of this happened. I put on, you know, Alec Baldwin <laughs> once left a message for his daughter, like saying some of the most horrific things you could have say yeah. to a person and that's let the alone one your person daughter. he should be protecting at all costs I forgot about that until you said that yeah and and you know and then the person like was like well that's a what about ism and i'm like um it's really not because i didn't say what about i because you brought up alec baldwin and i just reminded you he's a garbage person <laughs> yeah so um but i mean he's gotten into fights with with people paparazzi crew I mean, you know, like when when someone said this, I said, "Oh, I, actually, I said I said to Angel, I said he was probably throwing a tantrum about something, holding the gun, and then jokingly pulled the trigger." Yeah, that and was I my first air thought, but because jokingly. of him, because I know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, like, like, like Christian Bale, like, historically blows up on people on sets, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised yes. if he had done something like that. Yeah, you know, Russell Crowe throws phones at people in hotels. Like, I would not be surprised if he had done something like that. I mean, I can't. Yep. I mean, honestly, I can't imagine what it's like to be someone like Alec Baldwin, who has been acting since he was in his you know late teens, early twenties, to go through life and have almost no thoughts of your own, insane things that other people have written for you your whole life, and then what must it be like? to try and function in, in daily society. I mean, you, you know, that, that's what they call it, the Hollywood bubble, because so, it, yeah. does, it, it does not even approximate real life. Like, look at Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is a fantastic actor. Fantastic. And if you watch him on a talk show, he is a bore. It's like he just has nothing to say. It's like, it's like there. It's like you know. You guys can stop talking to him. He needs someone to tell him what to say, and then he can say it fantastically. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I like. I mean, we've been talking about this for fifteen minutes. So, um. 
I, I, I think, you know, the first and foremost, uh, Joel D'Souza, or duh, duh, Joel Souza, I hope you heal quickly and, and you can get back to it with, you know, a limited amount of trauma and, and get back to, to directing and, and, and creating. You know, that, that, that is, that that's is that's number one. Yeah. Second, uh, Helena, Helena, yeah, Helena's Hutchins family, her husband, her son, um, if if there's some sort of like charity or or like funding thing, we'll we'll try and post like links to that if people want to donate because this is horrible. It's an act. It's an accident. It shouldn't have happened. You know. Again, I don't think Alec Baldwin maliciously did anything. Yeah, I I think it's just it's def definite definitely. Well, I won't say definitely. It's almost most probably negligence right. at the very least i think from based on like bring, bring thinking of scenarios of how it happened mm-hmm. uh, there is maybe there is literally only one scenario that's not negligence on his part and that was if they were actually filming a scene right and he was charged to do that and accidentally pointed at them or something along the way. that's the only way it's not negligence Correct. on his part all right, so moving on to Gina Carano, who I don't consider a husk because she was a fighter before she was an actor. Yes. Um, and we'll just be real quick. So her movie White Knuckle got canceled, which she canceled it actually because of vaccine um, mandates in, in Los Angeles County and in California where they were going to shoot part of the movie. Um, so the Daily Wire pulled forward their the next movie that she was going to work on. Uh which is called uh, it's a it's a western. It's called Terror on the Prairie, and so she she's they've started filming Terror on the Prairie, um, and it's got Cowboy Serrano in it, which is pretty cool. It's Cerrone. Got, Cerrone, sorry, Donald. It's uh yeah. yeah, and then it's got uh our boy Nick Cersei from uh, from Justified. Which yeah, quick and, uh, uh, side some... note, I got my um, my Raylan Givens um, Star Wars figure pre-ordered today oh i was gonna ask you about that the Cobb van yeah so raylan raylan givens um in in boba fett armor like you know i didn't realize raylan liked to go to star wars conventions (laughs) (laughs) and also it has it also has samari armstrong from the oc and a couple other movies uh it's looking like it's going to be a daily wire exclusive uh tentatively scheduled for a spring 22 release also i'm always up for a western Terror on the Prairie, not the greatest name in the world, though. But I don't know. I mean, like, it, I think it depends on the movie, and, and we'll find out. But um, White Knuckle is going to get made. Just yes, it, it, it yeah, that was pushed back to quarter one, Q one of twenty two to start yep. shooting. So, uh, you know, this is exciting. I think that uh, Daily Wire needs to start pumping out more and more stuff. I mean, they signed Allison mm-hmm. Williams to do. Uh, some sports reporting for them, which is awesome. If you guys don't know about her, she's a uh, she. She's been what the last ten years, at least. Uh, I thought it was maybe ten or twelve years as uh, the college game day sideline reporter, and um, she's a real one. She is. She's a fantastic sports journalist. She actually asks these coaches hard questions. She doesn't just try to stroke their ego like when they're going to the locker room. She knows what she's talking about when she's reporting from the sidelines. And um, because, you know, mandates and, and things like that, however you feel about it, I don't care. Um, but she's trying to have a baby. 
so she didn't want to take it. Um, and I think her doctor told her not to take it, actually. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Two separate I, doctors, yeah, I believe. If I, if so, you know, we're supposed to listen to doctors, right? So anyway. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, this is, I think this is really cool that the Daily Wire is doing this. And I'm glad that Gina is back in the saddle, so to speak. Um, getting us a, a new movie coming out soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right, so the next one, we're just going to bust through these next two. Um, <clears throat> why the Last Man Got Canceled, good. Yes, I mean, good, absolutely good. But, I'm, I'm us- honestly, I'm usually not, I'm usually not that guy. But when you completely just ravage an original uh, story like they did, I don't care if the original creator was a part of it or not. It deserves what it. What did, what did Joker say? You get what you effing deserve. Yeah. Um. So, and Eliza Clark, who was the showrunner, is trying to get the the hashtag Why Lives On. Um. I, I want to get the, I want to get the hashtag going. Just Why dash W H Y. So why why? Um. Because she she thinks that some other television network is gonna pick up this just mess of a show. Um, you know, it, it, it got no, no publicity really. And it got canceled after the seventh episode aired. Yeah. That tells, that should tell you everything you need to know. Keep in mind. It, yeah. They dropped three episodes the first week. Yeah. And then, and for people, yeah. for people trying to say it's just because of the uh, budget. If you believe that, <laughs> I got well, I got some beachfront property in Nevada to sell. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I might at some at some point it might be beachfront. You know, we uh, a boy can dream. Um, <laughs> but the the fact that they took the, the the what is a simple concept of a show or of a of a story and then tried to make it where like well, it just killed cisgender men. Well. No, it, it killed anyone with a Y chromosome. A Y chromosome. So um, that's the whole thing of the story. And if you read the comic, um, they did touch on what happened to to women who dress like men and whatnot. Mm, yes, they were it's not they good. were hunted and, and, and murdered by women. Um, <laughs> so and, yeah, it was it was not pretty. I mean, it was it was a very dark dystopian comic and it's just like wow you guys just can't even you can't even get like it was 60 issues you had five you you literally could have just gone through each issue and done an episode and done five 12 episode seasons and and just killed it just killed it like you don't even have to follow exactly like you could you could what is the saying what uh i don't don't but you had one job oh yeah one job how dare you? <laughs> I should have played that on the Alec Baldwin one. Yeah. You know what you need to find is the old uh, dun, 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 from um, The Price is Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, what do I have? I have the. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know why that's on there. And I have a laugh, and I think I have. I think this one's applause. Oh, no. That was the laugh. That one's the laugh. So, actually, so what I should have done is why the why the last man got canceled. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> I'm having too much fun with that thing. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was bad. If, if you liked it, great. I'm, I'm happy you, you were able to to find something that you liked that is on the level of Sharknado. Um, yeah, and look, this is the thing. This is one of those movies or shows that I thought, even if I had not seen anything about the comic, even if I didn't like the comic, it was a bad show. We, it's worse yeah. for us because yeah. we know how good the original property is. So sometimes like, I try to look at some of the, these as two different things. Like, how would it be if I didn't know the original uh, property versus how I do? And, and it's tough to sometimes separate, but I think this was a garbage show either way it goes. Just yeah. worse because we, the original, the comic was so good. Yep. Yeah, and and you know we knew what they were doing to it going in. Yeah, and we still went in with an open mind. Yeah. So, you know, it was a uh, it was it was your game to lose there, uh, Eliza Clark, and uh, you lost. To quote Billy Madison, "You blew it." <laughs> All right. So uh, the next thing, uh, a bunch of Disney. Uh, movies got got delayed, um, and, and one of the things is is like most of the MCU movies got pushed back a month. Um, right, that in itself is not a big deal. Uh, they're all trying to realign as theaters are opening and they're getting people back in the theaters and you know whatnot. The big story was they pushed back Indiana Jones, um, and they pushed Indiana Jones back an entire year. That is not a good sign. That's a movie that was already supposed to be done and like ready to come out. My hope is that this put year pushback, they'll just end up scrapping the movie. I mean, Harrison Ford's like and 437 years old. Like, is he even going to make it to next year? Yeah, Plus, he I, keeps getting hurt on set. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was going to say that I I was at first when I saw before I saw how much they pushed it back. I thought it was to help him recuperate. Yeah. But pushing it back a year, I I just and then I know you mentioned uh, when we were off air before we started recording some of the rumors you'd heard about what the new Indy five is going to be about. And I yeah, if anything, even if a 10 percent of that is correct. Well, no, even if none of that's correct, I just want them just. Just shut down the whole thing. Just well, shut down the whole they've thing. They brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who... Did you watch Fleabag on Amazon Prime? No, I think you said it was pretty good. It's hilarious. It's really good. Like, it's super perverse. Like, she falls in love with the priest, um, the guy that played uh, the bad guy in um, Scully Doo Scumber Blues, um, Sir Sherlock with Bilbo Baggins. Um, Moriarty. Oh, okay. Moriarty. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and it's really good. Like, it's really funny. It's really perverse, but it's really funny. And, and, and it's really well done, really well written, um, really well acted. I think she's great in it, but she, they've brought her into this and there are rumors floating around from several different sources that are are saying, um, this is going to be a time travel movie, which some script leaks have come out and have, have, uh, verified that. Uh, and then the big rumor is that her character 
is going to essentially usurp Indy because the, she's going to go back in time with the older Indy. The younger version of Indy and the older Indy version of Indy are going to die, and she's going to take on the moniker, thus taking Indiana Jones out of canon of his own IP. That That's just... Like, again, these are rumors, but... Um, here's the thing. They announced this is coming back a year. There, there's been rumors that Kathleen Kennedy is going to get a two-year extension on her deal, which ends this year. But they did not say, hey, we've re-signed Kathy for, uh, for two more years to help, us le- to help lead us through this delay in Indy 5 because that's the only thing she's supposedly working on. And, <clears throat> I mean, she, she has done so much damage to Star Wars. I can't imagine they want to see their $4 billion investment in Lucasfilm to be damaged any further. Um, yeah. And I feel like she's Darth Vader in this instance where she's like, you know, uh, we, we have a deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She doesn't need to be anywhere near these properties. Cause no. she, no. I, I was going to, no, I was going to say she doesn't know what she's doing, but she knows, I think she knows actually exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Like this is too much of a coordinated effort. It's too well done as far as as just completely shitting on what came before mm-hmm. to be accidental, to be yeah. oh naive. I didn't know what I didn't know. No, this is something that they're doing. And it's not just this property that's been it's it's going on everywhere. It's going on in comics. It's mm-hmm. it's going on it's well, we're seeing this is, all around she now. She is a social justice warrior. Let's let's mm-hmm. just put out let's 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 throw that tag on her that SJW that FJB tag, if you will, and um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and her her job is to destroy her her job is to destroy things that people love. Her job is to destroy characters that have stood the test of time, and her job is to take the hard work of people who were her who were her colleagues um who who she she is trying to live up to and and make their make their work less to bring it down to her level mm-hmm. yes i don't, I don't have any it's <laughs> it's frustrating yeah, yeah I, I don't even want to keep on yeah let's just move on because this is just so frustrating to see this time and time again i i just just on the positive the hopeful positive note this Indy five gets canceled. That's the hopeful thing for me. All right. So, uh, John Kent, <laughs> uh, we talked about John Kent a little last week, week before, mm-hmm. um, we've talked about John Kent a lot. He's a character we were both very fond of, uh, the age John Kent up. That's the most egregious thing. Um, they've decided to have John Kent come out as bisexual. Um, that doesn't bother me. Uh, he's an original character. If that's what they want to do, fine. Uh, but that's uh, DC's one trick. They just make characters gay. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, they just make characters bi. Because like, uh, Tim Drake is bi. Harley Quinn is bi. Catwoman is bi. Um, <clears throat> Poison Ivy is bi. Now John Kent is bi. Uh, it seems like John Kent's probably going to try and groom Damien to be bi. Um, because Damien didn't get aged up, so they're going to have a very inappropriate relationship, I assume. Uh, but 
the the issue we're talking about here is uh, colorist on Superman, son of Kal El, uh, Gabe El Taibi, right? El Taib. El Taib. Sorry, <clears throat> I had an extra e in there. Uh, has walked away from DC, uh, where he's been for about twelve years, and uh, he was he's been the colorist on a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but he did not walk away because John Ken is by. He walked away because they changed Superman's catchphrase from truth, justice, in the American way to truth, justice, and a better to. Sorry. I can't. I can't get it out. A better tomorrow. Yeah. How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> that was a good use of the how dare you. Come on. Um mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. So here's the thing, though. They actually lost the trademark on Truth, Justice, in the American Way. Really? You had one job. <laughs> this is like Vince McMahon doing doing uh, doing contracts for like uh, Alistair Black, Tommy End, who is now Malachi Black in AEW, where he uh, they thought he had a 90 day, and it turned out he had a 30 day non compete. So he immediately showed up in <laughs> AEW. Um, Ad- Adam Cole's. Uh, Adam Cole's contract expired and nobody knew, not even Adam Cole. Uh, you know, and and so he he gave them an extra three or four weeks, like as a handshake deal, and then showed up on AEW a week later. You know, it's just like, come on, come on, come on, people. Oh um, my gosh. <clears throat> so uh, you know, Gabe Gabe is definitely gonna land on his feet. Um, he's an amazing colorist. He does really, 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 really great things. Um, but yeah, he, he put out a really, he, so he started a, a YouTube channel. Um, you know, he's been working with Ethan Vance Giver as far as like doing, doing some stuff and, and, and moving on. Um, but I, I'm really interested to see what he does because he does do a really great, he is a great artist. Um, but he, he did a YouTube video kind of giving some backstory into why, um, why this bothered him so much. And he's, uh, he's a Libyan immigrant. He, uh, his, his dad fought, um, you know, Libyans. World War II. Oh, not uh, no, yeah, his grandpa fought. No, he had, he had his grandpa. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then his, his dad fought against Libyans. Um, I don't know how they found him. Uh, anyway, I've been waiting to do that all week. Um, I, I purposely have not done that when I talk to you because I wanted to do it in, in that moment. That was great. Sorry. Um, but yeah, anyway, but so yeah, it, it's, 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 it's interesting that this is happening and you're seeing more and more people doing this, right? They're, they're walking away. Um, they're going to go independent where they'll actually get a decent page rate where they'd be able to make some money and and actually be able to tell good stories again. Um, like I told you, I've been like doing like Indiegogo stuff lately. Um, and I've got what I, I've got like four backed right now. Um, so I've got black and white volumes one and two, uh, which I backed, which uh, who's that one by? Sorry. Uh, by Art Thurbit. Um, and it, it's just like a really cool story about like, you know, these two heroes, black and white, a guy and a girl. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know anything about it. The art looked cool. The the story synopsis sounded cool. Uh, so that looked great. Uh, the other one is Arc Athena um, by uh, Eric Chianti or Kennedy, uh, who is a, you know, a creator of color, but um, it's a really cool like space opera type story uh, with superheroes and, and things like that. There's a guy who kind of looks like a badass version of Cable. Um, and then uh, Aaron Lepresti's Wraith of God, which is like a Western that sounds really, really cool. But like I'm looking at my stuff and like I did uh, the Everglade Angels from Blake Northcott on here a couple years ago, two years ago. Yeah. So it's just uh, there's so much other stuff out there right now that you don't need the big two. You don't need Marvel in DC. If they're going to yeah. continue to do this, I want more creators of this guy's level to walk away and more creators that can write. And like the guys who went to Substack, you know, I mean, unfortunately the guys who went to Substack are, are some of the, the most egregious SJWs out there. But at the same time, like maybe being away from DC, they'll actually start writing good stuff again. Yeah. And I, I, I took this quote out of that article and one of the things, well, one of the, he was very colorful, uh, El Taib in his uh, reasoning. And he says, we don't have a right to destroy shit that people died for to give us. And you're not just seeing this in the creative space in Hollywood and comics. You're seeing this just, just all over the States. And this, and the idea of, and then this was before I knew that they, lost the trademark to truth just uh, you know the american way thing mm -hmm. which i'm not sure they i'm pretty sure they probably would have changed it anyway because of what they're going for and what their outlook is so cynical in the sense of i don't care in the sense i don't care necessarily that john kent is by i do care about the reasoning behind why they're doing this this right. is not for this is not for jonathan kent they are trying to they are trying to supplant Superman himself with Jonathan Kent. That uh, again, it's not it's not just on the surface of what people do. It's what what their reasoning is behind what they do. And these people are some bad faith actors that one they don't care about you know what you and what we like and the people that made these comics big. They're they're going for something else. And it, it was, I don't know, if, did I send you that article about the unprecedented unprecedented numbers? Uh, yeah, orders I, already, they're receiving. I already read about it. So um, when Brian Michael Bendis took over Superman, the first issue sold like 144,000 copies, which is huge for this time. Um, at, at, uh, does that include uh, digital or does that just include print? I, I, I do not know. Um, and actually, no, I do know. That is what was ordered by comic book stores. So when they say sold, it's what has been ordered by comic book stores. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's a lot um, of. It's stuff not even what sells way. at the comic book store. It's not these comic book yes. stores who get stuck with like twenty five copies of this garbage. Um, so anyway, so so it uh, and then when Superman Son of Kal El came out, it sold sixty eight thousand. So that's about what forty percent drop mm -hmm. um and so they're saying this is an unprecedented number and and so the the estimate that uh comic chronic or something like that is doing 
based on uh, Luna's numbers and and just kind of things like that. They're, the unprecedented, they're saying it's unprecedented, but it could be unprecedentedly bad. Um, I mean, we could be looking at a Superman book that is under 20,000 ordered. Yeah. And again, if they, when you say something along those lines and you don't put the numbers in it, you're lying. You're lying in the sense of you're trying to pull the wool over people's eyes and trying to say, oh, this is going to sell. An, even though they didn't say that, because like you said, it could be right. unprecedentedly bad. But they are trying to pull the wool over your eyes and say, hey, everybody's getting in on this. You should yep. check it out. And, and retailers with, get stuck with these books that they can't sell. It's not like yeah. they can return them. Um, right. So I dropped at three. Um, I, I'd had enough. I didn't need to keep going. And I actually dropped before they named made the announcement um, that he was by. I gave it a shot. I gave it three issues. <clears throat> it wasn't for me. It's terrible. It's. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it's terrible. And I and I did find this this uh, comment on uh, the article uh, about you know the changing the truth justice and uh yeah, yeah that that stuff. Uh, and somebody says I just noticed, and this is what what Jonathan says. There are some people in this world who no, I think it's actually his friend that said this. There are some people in this world who can do with being a little nervous. Mm -hmm. And the comment the commenter says so. New Superman is also going to abandon his father's commitment to standing up for law and due process and instead exercise some superpowered strong arming to intimidate people. And in parentheses, the right people, the ones that deserve it, of course. Right. It just isn't a slogan DC is dumping. It's Superman's moral compass mm -hmm. as well. And we could you saw that in the first few issues well, of some of the stuff that he's doing. You see it when he's uh, you know, bullying cops, when he's being mm -hmm. very authoritarian in a lot of ways. And yes. um like even when he burns the guy's handcuffs off, like he definitely injured that guy. Oh, he absolutely would. So he's like the Nia Jax of superheroes. He's dangerous. But here's the thing is Tom <laughs> Taylor is Australian. <laughs> And if we've seen anything Ooh. from Australia this year, we know that, you know, freedom is not high on their list of priorities. So that makes sense. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, like if you're going to have people write Superman, at least have them be fond of America. Yeah. Like don't 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 have yeah. these people who who like hate it. I mean, like you've got you've got a was it Vidal came out with a with a trans woman on Themyscira now in the Amazons. What? So that doesn't yeah. make any sense. So here, 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 here's the thing about the Amazons in DC, right? Because Amazons, you know, of myth, they don't age. They don't have children. They are only right. women. Like, yes. it, it's not like there's new Amazons being born every day when they die. That just decreases their ranks. Wonder Woman, Diana, was a special favor for, um, well, I mean, it turned out, like, it's changed a bunch of times. But Hippolyta, the original, like, Wonder Woman origin, is Hippolyta made her made her from clay and breathed life into her, which is amazing and beautiful, right? And then raised her. Um, in the modern version, Hippolyta and Zeus had to get it on because, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, DC has to be as perverse as possible, right? But mm -hmm. here's the thing. Is Tom Taylor is doing this in this book? Um, I have not read Nightwing eighty four yet. I I picked it up. I just can't bring myself to open it uh, because the last thing I want to do is drop that book. 
So you're just kind of pushing it off yeah, until you have to. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I have it to like. I have it digitally. It's in my pull list. Um, but it's like I, I don't. I don't know if I want to continue with Tom Taylor. I mean, I have. There's another. There's one more issue of Batman the Detective that he's been writing, which has actually been really good. But it's like I don't know if I want to support this guy, but. You know, maybe it's the the fifty one forty nine rule. Like, I buy these two books, and you know, there's only one left in, in Batman the Detective, and then I'm still buying Nightwing, but I'm not buying anything else he writes. Right. You know, um, don't support people who hate you, sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, I like I don't I don't like he was killing it, man. We were loving Tom. We were like three months ago. We were praising Tom Taylor. Yeah. Oh, Praising yeah. Because he was killing it on Nightwing. He was, you know, um, John John Kent was a, a character from Super Sons who came in who should have been, they, they, they should have just continued with that because you had 20 years of storytelling that you could do out of the two of those little fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I love Super Sons. I mean, the dynamic of, of Goody Two-Shoe, John Kent, and, you know, Murder assassin <laughs> Damian Wayne. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, that and again, going back to the whole Superman thing, yeah, it's that's the worst thing they've done in the sense of Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. is completely well, I mean, they cut off they cut cut their legs off at the knees by doing this. Yep. Because like you said, how much a story could they tell? How much better could it be in the drama? You could see Jonathan and Damien growing up in this world of superheroes and superpowered beings and seeing how, you know, they change as people. And instead you have, you know, one of that deus ex machina, mm-hmm. you know, he goes and Jonathan goes into the future and whatever grows up as a man comes back. Just, so yeah i I don't understand it i I don't i I don't i don't get it um just don't get the book i mean honestly like it's not it's not worth it to pick up like the people that they're writing this for aren't buying comics if you don't buy this stuff if if you don't just like you know like it's hard to get past my completionist nature right um Mm -hmm. but if, if you don't want to support this stuff just don't buy it and eventually they will hopefully be like, yeah, nobody's buying this stuff. Maybe we should do it a different way. I mean, that's the only way that, that that's going to happen. I mean, and if, I mean, it's, it, it, that is happening in the sense of the, the numbers are for a lot of these things are going down the drain. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You, it I has mean, to be worse. That yeah. Superman book is selling under 70,000 books is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Let's move on. All right, so we're gonna talk about Dune, uh, but Daryl, before we get before we get started, I, I just I just have to say, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I'll face my fear. I'll permit it, permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it's gone, I'll turn the inner eye to see its path. And where the fear is gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. That I have to say is one of the most poignant lines from any, and I will say this, any literature 
one of the most powerful and poignant lines of it, and it can be used in anything ever. I, I, it is just so strong. And I, I knew you were going to do that. I was actually <laughs> going to start with that. I must, I, I was going to start with that, but I don't know it. Uh, I haven't read it enough to actually know the entire litany. Now I did but that, say I mean, that with a fair bit of sarcasm. <laughs> um, so the other quote that I really liked, and this one was actually in the movie, um, a process cannot be understood by stopping it. Understanding yes. must move with the flow of the process, must join it and flow with it. And while I, I feel like that is actually an apt, that's actually the subhead for this week's episode. Um, I feel like that is an apt uh, description of how Villanuevu approached his adaptation of Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, when people have been asking me about it today, I've said it's the Clint notes, um, like Clint Howard, like not quite fully baked. Um, <sighs> there's like not enough there to be whole. Um, so like, it's, it's not even as, as like, uh, like the cliffs mode, the cliff notes version of this would have been preferable to the Clint, Clint notes. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this out of the way. So out of ten chipped and shattered blades, uh I, I dropped this all the way down to a six out of ten. Okay, that's fair. I, I dropped I have it at a seven out of ten. Okay. So I uh I was I was between seven and six and a half, and I told you I tried to rewatch it this morning or today. Uh and I, I turned it on, I listened to Cheney talk about how oppressed the Fremen were. I said, Nope, I, I need more time before I come back to it. Um, <laughs> it's not you. No. It is you. It's yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's not, it's not you doing it. It's, it's me. Uh, well, let me, let me rephrase this. It's not you, Denny. It's me. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to talk about the good things first. Um, and, and feel free to interrupt and, 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 and whatever. Um, because, if you don't, I probably won't stop talking. <laughs> um, I love 99% of this cast. Yeah. I, I cast is one of the stronger points of it. Uh, we'll, I mean, we will talk more about the visuals and what, what he's known for. Yes. And I know you said that in a text where <laughs> kind of like you've mentioned, Zack Snyder should be a cinematographer. Yes. Uh, same with Danny. said the same thing. Um, and you know, I, I think the, the, the casting choices I had the issues with were, um, Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho one, there's too much Duncan Idaho and not enough Gurney Halleck, um, in this first half of the movie. Uh, and then two, there was too much Duncan Idaho, especially the way he dies. Um, Oh, and by the way, spoilers for a 65-year-old book. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so the way the way he dies, he, so the way he dies in the book, right, is it's kind of like a throwaway, like, oh, my God, they killed off this character who we haven't, like, really fully met, but we know is important to these people um, because he becomes much more important in books three, four, and five. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. You'll find out. When you get there, um, but again, you know the the forty year old books. <laughs> you're open to spoilers. Um, 
Sharon Duncan Brewster, who played Dr. Liet Kynes, did not work. Um, the, the, the reason she did not work, and, and it's not because she's a woman who was, uh, you know, a woman of color who replaced a man. Uh, it was because she did not have the tone of voice that led you to believe she was an expert in anything that she did. Yeah, she didn't have that command. I, I she was she was she just sounded she sounded like her voice was shaking every time she talked. Yeah. As far and I'll, let me go back for the mm. I actually didn't yeah. mind and, and again I I do like you know Jason Momoa on screen yeah not Jason Momoa the person on Twitter but you Wait, know is he, he has Twitter? that charisma. Yeah, I mean, he is always saying, or not just the, some of the stuff he says. Like, I don't know if it's on Twitter or whatever, but he says stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, but, Husk. Yeah, I, 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 I did like him as as I did like him as Duncan. I agree, though, that they you did not have nearly enough of Gurney in this, and there were a lot of moments in here, and we'll uh, probably talk about more about that felt that they were short. This wasn't the, Gurney was not the only thing that it felt shortchanged in this first half of this movie or first half of bringing this book to life. Well, yeah. um, We did not get nearly enough of Baron Harkin, Harkonnen, Harkonnen. Um, We weren't even introduced to Fade, Fade Rotha, uh, his, his other nephew. Um, I I saw all these people like swinging on Batista's nuts. Like he did awesome. He said 12 words. Yeah, what? It, 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 you could have picked any hulking bald guy to to do the role, and it would have been it would not have changed one way or the other. Other than saying, "Oh, look, it's Dave Batista on screen." Yeah, I I, I didn't find him. He did anything of no. note. Yeah, um, I thought Charlotte Rampling as Gaius Helen Mohayam, um, the mother superior of the Bene Gesserit, was awesome. Um. She was kind of terrifying in in the way she's supposed to be. Uh, I'm going through the secondary characters before I get <laughs> all the way up. Um, Stephen McKinley Henderson as uh, Thufir Howitt, I really liked. Um, it was a it was a very interesting take to make your mint hat overweight. Um, yeah, and I'm not fat shaming, but like to make him just kind of this overweight like portly fellow. Um, we, he did not get nearly enough screen time, and we did not nearly begin to scratch the surface of what a mint tat is, why they're important, why there aren't computers, why spice is important. Um, you know, there was that. Uh, who was it? The uh, Chang Chen as uh, Dr. Wellington Yue. Again, not nearly enough to understand like why he turned on the Atreides and how he got his revenge through Paul. Uh but like I was looking I was looking forward to to Chang Chan playing that role. Yeah. It and I understand why they would want to make something like this a movie, you know, but if you're really wanting to do justice to the source material, this is absolutely something you need to bring to the small screen as a tv series because and and the reason and one of the things i said is game of thrones there's a lot of story beats in game of thrones season one uh from the political aspect 
that I could see. And I was actually thinking that while watching this, this wasn't something I thought about later. It was like, while I was watching it, I was thinking of season one of game of Thrones and foundation is another example foundation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been, it's meandered here and there it's decent, but it's nothing spectacular. However, it's a saga type book and Apple TV or, you know, yeah, the app is it's on the Apple TV service and they've done for the most part a very good job in the sense of the visual aspect of it. Yeah. I don't know how much they've spent on it or anything along those lines. I want to say it was and like yeah. 11 or 12 million dollars an episode. So it's okay. a lot. And They're spending yes. a lot. Yeah, and Apps Dune would have been the perfect vehicle to do this with a 10 episode season or you know even if it's just a one season or so a limited series as I, they say. I think the way to do Dune is a series, like you're saying, but you do the mm -hmm. first three books. You don't do the first five because Herbert only wrote the first five, uh, and then he died. Um, but I mean, he he wrote them over this series of of a couple decades, but then he died, and his mm -hmm. son Brian <laughs> Herbert has since taken over the Dune franchise and has written twelve more books, um, most of which I don't consider Dune. Um, and the um, the Sisterhood series that's coming to HBO next year uh, about the Bene Gesserit is based on one of Brian Herbert's books. So I didn't even know that was coming out. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, again, I'll go into it with an open mind because more Dune, more better. Um, <laughs> but if you do if you do it as a series, right? You you do it with three three books, six seasons, so that you can you can take your time and. And, and, you know, not drag, but, like, get into where you're going. But it's also a finished story at that point. Um, I, I think because so few people are actually, like, deep fans of Dune. It's a niche, right? It's the granddaddy of all of this stuff, but it's a niche. And George R. R. Martin stole enough of Dune in A Song of Ice and Fire that mm -hmm. people watch this music. Well, they're just copying off of a game of Thrones. It's like, Oh, this is like uh decades so, before game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know <laughs> not what I mean? Years, yeah. Not just years, like a few years, decades. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's that and there's no incest in it. So people will be like, Oh, well, no, I'm not interested. Um, you sick fucks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I think we lose our PG-13 rating now. That's two F-bombs, right? Uh, I think or it's three. I'm definitely going to have to mark this episode as explicit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Timothy Chalamet was perfect. Yes. He, 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 was, he was spot on perfect for, for the arrogance of Paul Atreides um, all the way through. I, I, I had high hopes for Rebecca Ferguson, and I still have high hopes for her if they make the second half. Um, but her la the, the 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 direction that we, she was given for Lady Jessica was kind of mind boggling. Um, she's yes. powerful and regal, not it's not bubbly, uh, as I've been saying. Um, Oscar Isaac again perfectly cast as Leto, although about eight inch, eight inches too short. Uh, like I said before, we started. Gurney Halleck, Josh Brolin was perfect. We did not get enough of him. Stellan Sarsgaard uh, as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, I thought was amazing. We did not get, we got almost none of him. We got him in a tar bath, essentially. 
Um, Batista looks like the Beast Reborn. Great. Um, we were missing um, Bill Sarsgaard, who is Fade Ratha in the second half. Um, if they make a second half. So I have to keep I keep, I have to keep prefacing it if they make it because it's I saw someone saying it was greenlit but I have not seen a single article that says it's greenlit. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers will be well, for this. <laughs> I know we we went we went over this last week I think when we were talking about some of the numbers they were uh, you know, kind of guesstimating what it was going to get or projecting. So they threw the Thursday I, and Friday numbers together for this one. Okay. It made six between sixteen and seventeen million on forty one hundred, just over forty one hundred screens. Um, if you look, Black Widow did seventeen point seven million just on Thursday night. Sean Chi did like sixteen million just on Thursday night. Uh, they were projecting it to open between forty and sixty. And right now it's looking that it's going to open domestically between 30 and 32. Now it's made 129 globally because it's been out globally for a little while now. Um, So, yeah, it's like I I told you, this was not going to break the box office. Villain Uevu, if this opens at 32, it's his best box office ever. I'm sorry, anything north of 32.8. Is his best mm-hmm. is his best opening ever as a director. So someone yeah. who's like talked about as like the next great like auteur as people compare him to Chris Nolan, the dude has had two actual hits. Um or I'm sorry, two actual moneymakers, Sicario and Prisoners. Yeah. Because those two and- movies were made for nothing and they made, you know, well over what it took to be profitable. And again, we've we've talked about him and over and multiple times on the on this show as well as off off air. And this, and again, I, I'm one of those that as much as I've loved some of his movies, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Sicario, loved Arrival, never haven't finished Prisoners yet, um, but I do want to see that. Do want to finish that? Prisoners was good. Uh, I did like Blade Runner 2049, despite it being a lull in some places. Yeah. I can absolutely see why his material doesn't necessarily hit with audiences. And, and I mean, I just doesn't matter that I love it or that I like it. I can see it's, it doesn't always, he doesn't always connect with audience. I, I, there, are, and again, it's not just, you know, being boring, like, or slow moving. Like I, like I say, Blade Runner, I don't think he's able to connect with, a good part portion of the audiences with some of his movies. I don't think he, uh, he gets the details right. He gets mm-hmm. the larger picture right, but he doesn't get the details right. Um, like in this, he focused on some things and cut some things out that really needed to be in this first half for the second half of the, of the movie to hit. Um, you know, the, the Herald of the Exchange went on for far too long and took away from the dinner scene that we did not get where Paul meets right. princess Erlon, um, the Padasha emperor Shaddam's daughter, um, who falls in love with him. Like we talked, we were talking about this off air. Uh, you know, they opened with this whole like Fremen battling the Harkonnens, um, on Arrakis and, and, and Cheney is talking about how 
oppress the Fremen are and how, how downtrodden they are and, 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 you know, how, how the, the Harkonnens have oppressed them. And then who is their next oppressor going to be? And then it's close up on Paul Atreides face. Um, I, I told you I almost walked away. I literally almost turned it off and walked away and said, I'm not watching this. Um, like the front, he did not understand the Fremen at all. And I don't, I really don't think he understood lady Jessica. No, either. Um, I, he, he's elevated Cheney to something that she's not necessarily meant to do. She's not, I mean, she's a leader, uh, like, cause she's a Sayadina, much like Jessica becomes, um, and she's revered, but she is not necessarily like the leader. And, and she is, she's Paul's equal in, in the ways that a partner that partners are equal, right? Like people who are, are in love are equal, but she's right. also like supposed to 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 help bring about uh, Liangala. Oh, how do you say it? Um, God, they said it like a thousand times. Um, you know, the one from Off World who will know their ways. Yes. Um, the Lisan Al Gaib or something Lisan like that. Al Gaib. Thank you. Um, you know, she's supposed to bring that about, uh, even though she doesn't know she's being worked. Uh, Because <laughs> Paul kind of falls ass backward into it when he becomes the fulcrum and, and drinks the water of life. But, <laughs> you know, we, we should not have seen Chaney in this first movie, other than in his dreams. I actually thought that's what they were going to do. And and then one of the things yeah. you said, that was a curious way they ended this movie. It ended at such a wonky point. It was like... It almost... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it reminded me of kind of like in Lord of the Rings, at you know, how they end, like the first one, the Fellowship of the yeah. Ring, and how they split up, and then they, you know, they're going on their separate journeys. That's kind of like, that's kind of reminded me of that. And how they're walking yeah. on the rock through the desert. I was going to say it's like the second Hobbit movie where you see where the movie was supposed to originally be cut in the middle. Yes. After they yes. had, you know, um, where they added all the stuff with the elves and, and Legolas and, and everything. It's like, yeah, no, this was the the the, the halfway point where you, you should have stopped. Um, I know we're all over the place, but I cannot talk about this linear, in a linear fashion. Um the spice was not really shown to be super important. Uh, you know, at no point did someone say the spice must flow, which is fine. I don't need that. Um, water though was not as important. Like they were carrying Jameis's body and they see, this was the problem. They rushed that whole thing. Um, they fought with their still suits on, which was stupid because if both of them get, one of them dies, the other gets cut his still suit doesn't work and he'll die in the desert. Right. You know, it, it was, it's like those little details that, that they, they just didn't pay attention to. Um, you know, uh, when they were at the one siege where Duncan died, like all the technology that was in there, it's like, no, these are rustic people. They, they are, they're desert creatures. Uh, even the way uh, they killed kinds was stupid. Like, like he's in the, in the books, in, in, in other versions, he's left in the desert. And, you know, he's a desert creature and the desert reclaims him. And, and in this time, the desert did reclaim her, 
but like after she had been, you know, stabbed several times in an execution. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know what he was going for here. I like I it's definitely a ton of style over substance. And and it's beautiful. Um the thing with the palm trees, right? Like there's a there's supposed to be a room inside the palace at Arakeen where uh it's a it's an oasis and it's what Dune could be, right? It's it's what Arrakis could turn into if uh if proper ecology is practiced. Or I guess uh in the case of the Fremen of uh of um bastardized ecology is practiced and and to transform it from a desert planet to a rich lush oasis and instead they had these what like uh what was it 12 no five so what 20 uh 20 uh palm trees that took five people's water to to water every day so it was a hundred people every day who weren't getting water yeah and and that was it. That was all they talked about. Um, when Stilgar spit on the floor, and and you know, uh, Leto spit back. That was supposed to be trading Duncan to the Fremen for their loyalty. And they cut all of that out. So you're just expecting, like, this like who I thought Javier Bardeen did a great job as Stilgar. Uh, we did not mention. I thought he was great. Yes. Um, yes. But. The thing is, is the only time we should have seen Stilgar in the first half was when they made the trade for Duncan. That was it. We should not have seen him again until Paul and Jessica were, were you know, doing their sand crossing. Yeah, it's, again, it's, just, it's, I absolutely, I will say I did enjoy it for what it was. Unfortunately, this was another example, and you said it just now, when you said style over substance is because the curious decisions by the director, by Denny, to cut things out, mm -hmm. to jumble things up, or to, and this was the thing I mentioned, is that even without reading the book, there were scenes that he did not allow a chance to breathe, as I say. And there were also scenes, or there are also moments where, even as a, just an observer without book knowledge and again i have limited book knowledge i've only read it you know i'm still not i'm like at like 50 pages left so i'm past you know everything that we saw in the movie but i've only read it once even with that even without that you could there are moments where i'm where there's just weird cuts yeah and things seemed rushed so with the book knowledge you're going to see that even more well, and it's because like uh, that scene with the with the Sardaukar on Seleucus Secundus, right? Like it's cool. Yes, there is no doubt. Um, but it's I, like yeah. I told you, it is it was masturbatory for for him yeah. to do. And, and what I say, I absolutely love that scene from the visuals right. to the audio, which I love the audio. The, I love Hans Zimmer's score. I love the how they use the voice in here. Yeah, like that death trooper the voice that they had. The, yeah. Yeah, but it did not add anything. No, it, it took just, away. It, it took away to from other things. And yes, again, like we needed Piter to have a conversation with the Mintat for Shaddam, which Shaddam's Mintat about the plan and about having the uh, Sardaukar be there in Harkonnen garb, 
and we did not get that. We did not get, I mean, uh, how do you say his last name? Das, David Das Malchin? Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Uh, the Polka Dot Man or, um, oh, I forget his name in Ant-Man now. Uh, the Russian guy in Ant-Man and their crew. Like, what a waste of, of, of a great actor for, who was perfectly cast for that character. They, they didn't let him, they didn't let him do anything. And then, you know, uh, they just killed him. Uh, yeah, it's, this is going to go down. I think I, here's the thing is there's a lot of people who are, are, are going to come out and be like, this is a masterpiece, right? Because it's so beautiful. And because yeah. as a world, we are trained to look at the Clint's notes of things, not even the Cliff's notes, not even the full text. This is this is this is a dune made for people who only read the headlines. That is actually that should be a quote on the uh, movie itself. <laughs> and <laughs> because that, that's absolutely true. <laughs> this dune is made for people who only read headlines, the infamous podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh HBO's gonna take away my access to the press site. <laughs> yeah. Um and and it's and again it's yeah. not and I I could it was funny because I I saw a couple people talking about it uh, I was I I don't know I don't know if he's a fan or not but Ryan Cannell um he actually yeah. really liked it, it he and he I, said I don't know he if he had listened to the audiobook so yeah that's um, what it was okay but again I mean I it's this is one of those things that because it's so pretty. You're going to, you're you're gonna let it get away with bad behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, it, it, I I don't think this is gonna. I I don't think it's gonna make its money back. I don't think so either. Um, it got pushed back for a year. There's, you know, just like James Bond, there's the interest payments and things like that. Now it only got pushed back for a year, not two years, but, um, you know, they had to do marketing three times for this movie. Yeah, and that's... it's on. It's on. It was on forty, forty one twenty five. That's how many screens it was on Thursday and Friday, and it only made thirty two million dollars at most. Uh, yeah. So I, I I've said like again this this is my favorite IP. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be way more harsh than I am for other things. Like I I'm not gonna be forgiving about this just because I love it. Um, because I love it, I'm gonna look at it and say this is made for people who only read headlines. Um, but I told you this wasn't going to make this is not going to be a runaway box office hit. The original or the original. Ugh, God, quit saying that. The 1984 David Lynch Dune lost money. It never yeah. made a profit in all these years. I don't think it's ever made a profit. Um, and it's gar. I mean, but it's garbage. So <laughs> uh, you don't ever hear David Lynch like bragging about it. You don't hear any other actors like, yeah, I was in Dune. <laughs> They're like, uh, Dune? I, I don't remember being in Dune. Um, I'm hoping the second half will give us something, but I told you I'm afraid it's going to be Cheney's story and not Paul. 
Um, I I think there's too much modern. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensibility isn't the right word because I don't think there's too much modern illiberalism in this in this that someone has to be a victim, someone has to be oppressed, someone has to be an oppressor. Um, well, yes, the Harkonnens are oppressors. They are tyrants, they are dictators, but they're also trying to make all sorts of money for the, you know, the chome. Um and, and, and line their pockets at the same time. And the emperor is jealous of Duke Leto for being so popular. So what does he do? He sets him up to fail. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, current day things that you can look at for that, for both of those things. Um, but it was just handled so clumsily. Yeah. I- and I, we've said this before, I've said this before in Hollywood, when you're taking, and again, we mentioned it with why the last man, a lot of these creators think they're smarter than they really are. And the reason I say that is they try to make these changes. They try to say, Hey, you know, this stuff, putting in things for, to resonate with current audiences a lot of these properties already resonate with current audiences. Right. You don't need your grubby hands to change it to fit your perspective. If you actually just take the time to sit down and read it and to think on it, to understand it. And if you don't understand it, because again, I, I like a lot of what he did with this, but there are parts of it he absolutely does not understand. He does not get uh, just just by what we saw on screen he and what we what I've seen on the page, he does not under he literally does not understand some of the things that happened, like the Fremen. Like the and again, I'm assuming this was his choice uh, with collaboration with uh, Rebecca Ferguson or the portrayal of Lady Jessica. Right. Like there there was a lack of understanding of that character. There was a lack of understanding of the Fremen and what they like their entire existence and everything that happened with them and the way that we, it was presented in this movie. Yeah. Like this doesn't is not mean a... the movie was right. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it doesn't mean the movie is bad. It just, again, yeah. You hear sometimes say, say don't overthink things. Yep. This is an absolute example of <laughs> overthinking. Yeah. Right. In the Ab- sense of yep. look, Look, just say this. Hey, if I want to, if I'm going to adapt something, adapt it in its truest form. Dune, there, you did not need to make the change, some of the changes that he made in Dune. And I don't mean necessarily, you know, the character gender swaps. I, you know, I'm not talking about that. No, I know. I'm talking about the narrative perspective that he, like some of the choices he made, cutting things out that were, that are important, focusing on things that aren't important. Why do that? Because, what you're doing, you're only, again, for people who actually don't just look at, you know, the substance and they, or the style, I should say, you're just showing that, you know, you, you're, you're missing the point of a lot of the, the narrative, the narrative um, points in the story. Right. And, and again, he's not the only one that does this. There are plenty of, we've, I mean, we've railed against these things 
over the last year or so, as far as Hollywood goes and not understanding or trying to fit a story into their own, you know, narrative or the way they want to look at things, mm-hmm. not what the story says, but what they want the story to say. Right. Um, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. I, I think, you know, they could have left kinds as a woman, just have found someone with more, you know, your word gravitas. Right. Um, I, I saw people like kind of complaining, like saying like, well, there's no strong women. It's like Dune is pretty much all about the strong women and the women in this world have a breeding program that nobody knows about. They're literally making super, uh, super individuals, like enhanced individuals, if you will. They they practice a a, a very long game version of eugenics, um, and you know they have powers like the weirding way that with the with the 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 style of fighting that the Benny Gesserit do. Um, where they are able to actually manipulate every molecule in their body to the point where they can change their face. Some of them, not actually, just very few of them, actually manipulate themselves to look young forever. Yeah, or or how about the fact when the Reverend Mother says, you know, our plan, like we do our plan in centuries. Right. And, and we didn't get to like, see what, any what you, of that. We did not get to yeah, see what, any of that power in Jessica. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, I, I just don't get. And this is one of the things that ticks me off about uh, when, you know, they were talking about the movie and the strong women thing. And this was probably like when I first heard it, I was probably like halfway, not quite halfway through. I'm like, uh, there's Lady Jessica. There's the whole Benny Jesuit. Like those aren't strong women. Right. I mean, Cheney is but, strong. What is your definition? Then? Yeah. Yeah. Sean, yeah. She's strong. Like what? It, what are you trying to do? Like, what is your definition? Because that is where the disconnect is with stuff like this. Is we? I, I absolutely see Lady Jessica as. I mean, she is a. There's no way you can't call her a strong woman, or like, or the Benny Jesuit in general. They are strong, powerful women that that on the low down low run the galaxy in a right. way. Yeah, in, I mean, in a lot of ways. Yeah, them and the Spacing Guild, they they run yeah. they run the place. Um we didn't even get the Spacing Guild. They mentioned them in passing. Yes. Like that just was real ridiculous. Quick. That like uh, it's just you know, I I just they they went for the message of victim and victimizer over everything else. Um mm-hmm. To the detriment of the story. And, you know, I, I, I think, I think, well, I mean, I've said, like, Villain, Villain Nuevo makes really long, really boring, really pretty movies, right? Um, but, yeah, um, I'll, you know what, let me rephrase. Arrival did all right. It made, it was a $47 million budget that made 203. Um. Oh no, Sicario did crap. It was a thirty million budget and only made eighty four. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, I mean, looking looking at Dune, it's at one is a one sixty five budget. It's by the end of the weekend, it'll probably be at like one sixty, but it's going to need to make three four. It's probably going to need to make five hundred million dollars just to break even. Um, and and you know, the McTar- McFarlane toys were garbage. Um. They were very disappointed. I was so disappointed. I, I was super disappointed. So disappointed. Um, at least the pops are cool. 
The pops are the best. The pops are actually yeah, probably I do the, like the best pops. thing. I, I found the Paul at uh, Target the other day and, and picked it up. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't want to rail. I don't want to rail on him. Like I, I oh he's from where is he from? Oh he's from Montreal. Yeah, he's from Quebec. I mean, he's Canadian, so of course he's not going to understand, you know, every everything that the Fremen are going through. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, at the end of the day, he chose the superficial parts of Dune that made it more exciting visually instead of the more intriguing parts of Dune that tell an intelligent story that then pays off big at the end of the, like, you know, bigger at the second half of the second movie when it's all out. Yeah. And, and, and he did not allow, he, there was no slow burn here. Um, one thing he did succeed at is I do want to see more. I do want to see this get finished. Um, but you know, Erlon, she's another strong woman. Like what she has to deal with throughout the the re- the remainder of her life, a- after the end of the first book, like you know she's <laughs> she's as strong as they come, and you know she's you know Benny Jesuit. But oh, we were talking about the Benny Jesuit. So the weird way, right? They uh they can control everything. They can move faster than the eye can see, right? They can uh like with a swipe cut your head off just barehanded. And mm-hmm. her her weirding method was the weird ninja backflip away from <laughs> Stilgar. Like it was like okay, well one that that looks that looks neat, but I can go watch heels and watch I I got to watch Stephen Amell do that. You know, uh, it, yeah. it's not like, you know, um without wires. <laughs> um whereas like it's better if she slips out and then behind him with before he can blink. You know, it, and it it did not do anything to show the power that is actually there. And the fact that she spent so much time weeping. And that that was the most disappointing thing for me is that that's all. That's what it seemed like she was in that heightened state of emotion for when, as the character herself Mm -hmm. had mastery over that. Right. I mean, because when she's crying the litany and, and doing the litany of fear when Paul is is going through his trial uh, with the Ganja Bar, um, which by the way, that was the best scene in the first half of the movie. With, that was a, with, that was incredible. Uh, I love that Timothy scene. and uh, Charlotte Rampling. Um, honestly, I would watch a movie where like she was his like grandma or something, and like abusing like abusing him and making him go do like trials. Um, <laughs> No, uh, anyway, um, I'll get to Timothy Chalamet in a second because I have a couple more things I want to say about him. But yet, it with with the way they did, they did, re, re, they did Lady Jessica dirty, and it doesn't sit well with me. Um, the other thing that they left out was the whole intrigue of everybody thinking she was the one who turned on them. Yeah, that was. And, and, and I, not and having the, that just it, it it lessens the relationship between her and Leto. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Because funny enough, I just 
was a few days ago got past that scene where Gurney was ready to kill her. Yeah. And he tells Paul, she's the one that betrayed your father. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that was, and I was thinking of that with, as we were watching this and how, you know, when Leto said, I never would, how did he, t- what did he tell her? His like, the, it was something like I always in the book or the basically movie? I in the book. Uh, he tells her he like, always he, trusted her. He always, yeah. I mean, he essentially just tells her he always trusts her and has always loved her. And he he was upset with himself that she that he was never able to make her wife. Yeah, and the only thing he said, and he did say that in here, is like, yeah. "I should have married you." Yeah, I mean, um, but the the other thing is is because they left that out, it did not play up what a big deal it was for Yue or Yui. However, yeah, Yui. Um to have his conditioning broken to turn on the Atreides. Yeah. So again, like just he left out so many, like just important things that would not, would have, would, would have been very easy to like show in just a couple lines of dialogue and some interactions with characters. Instead, we have Duncan cutting up with Paul in the hangar. Uh, Oh no, you don't have any muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it's funny. Like that was that would have been great for the preview, and then not have been in the movie. Oh, that would have been perfect, right? Yeah. Um, because I think we're all all used to that at this point. Um, yeah, it, it's so. All right, so Timothy Chalamet. The only thing I've ever seen him in, um, before this was the Predators movie with Boyd Holbrook. Where he's the autistic kid. Wait a minute, that was him. Yeah. Wow. So I have not seen anything even... with him in it, and I've always heard. Like, no, me neither. He's this amazing actor. He lived up to the hype. He is. He is amazing. He has. He has a control over his face and his voice that is true art artistry. Um. And I, I think he was perfectly, I said it already, he was perfectly cast as Paul. Um, I, again, so see, if they were doing this as a series, like you could do the first book as two, two and a half, maybe even three seasons to let him get to the point where he's aged up to play the preacher version of Paul in mm-hmm. um, Children of Dune. Um which is, you know, far into the future. Not far in the future, like, you know, another 12, 13 years. Um but again, like the 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 strength that Paul gets from going through the trial with the Ganjabar, from surviving that first night in the desert and ingesting all of that spice that awakens the fulcrum. Um which he doesn't know what it is, and and it's it's very in a in a prototypical state. Um, just oh, what a what a waste of a great performance. Yeah, I I won't say it's a waste because I don't think the movie is bad. I I, I think okay, the, what the fair. movie that's fair. does is just when it was one of those movies that again, if you just follow the blueprint that Herbert gave you. And yes, you you might have, especially if you're making a movie, 
you're going to have to make some cuts here or there. But the cuts that were made were not the right cuts. No. And, and the that's stuff he what, added in this, was, yeah. again, like superb. Visually stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was really cool uh, to see those palm trees outside of the great palace of Arakeen. It was cool. That, that looked awesome. It's like they look so out of place like they're supposed to. And again, uh, it seems it's if people didn't hear our rating for this, they would think, "Wow, you all just really don't like this movie." No, it's two things. It's the fact that we really, really, in your case, absolutely love the book, <laughs> and I, I, I'm really starting to get. I, I'm finally getting back into it. We appreciate and love the source material, but also we see the snippets of greatness, not just from the book. But from some of the stuff that Villanueva did that could have made this just a phenomenal movie. So it was more about the missed opportunities that we're disappointed in and what it could have been, what this could have been. Yeah, he just couldn't get out of his own way. So. So, yeah, I mean. (laughs) I, I. Here's the thing: is I'm definitely gonna watch this again. I'm definitely gonna watch it a couple times when it comes oh, absolutely. out. Absolutely, yes. when it comes out to buy, I will buy it because it is beautiful. It 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 is beautiful, and at some point, I'll probably go see it in IMAX. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna do that as well, but not this weekend. <laughs> no, that I thought I thought to do it Sunday, but I'm not going to be able to. Well, but I, it's something I do want to see on IMAX. Haley owes me a Father's Day present, and like she was like, "Well, I'll like you know I'll take you to a movie, you get to pick the movie." So of course I was like, "Well, we'll go see Dune because one, she thinks she hates Dune, um, <laughs> and two, like you know it's like something I love. I want to spend time with my kid, um, get you know force her to love it as well, but." <laughs> I told her I like because like she was all prepared to go tomorrow. I was like, yeah, no, I'm 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 not I'm not ready to watch it again. <laughs> I just I mean I'm not like I told you I tried and I'm I'm just not ready. Like I, yeah. I'll get there. Yeah, maybe next weekend, but at at you know probably actually probably like sometime in the middle of the week I'll probably rewatch it on Max. Um, here's the thing: I have a 4K television. I did not miss any of the stunningness. I had the volume turned up way too loud, so I got like all of Zimmer's. Oh, we didn't even talk about Hans Zimmer's score. Um, oh, Han, incredible! Hans Zimmer's incredible score and undertone to this. Where I saw some reviewer actually called it the best character in the movie, and I'm like, well, that's an indictment on the director then. Like that. That's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's not a when compliment. You say, when that's you not say a compliment. when you say the score is like like one of the characters. That's that's a compliment to everyone involved. When you say the score mm-hmm. is the best character, you know it's like in the '90s where you knew if a movie had like a soundtrack that was too good, like you know where you went and bought the CD, it was probably a bad movie. Yeah. So well, it's like if someone said like one of my favorite like the first times I got a score was Gladiator. That's yeah, like someone yeah. saying yeah the score was the best character in Gladiator. Well, <laughs> one it wasn't. No, but it was. It was it was still phenomenal, and this is was a phenomenal score. Um, and it wasn't just a score, but it was also the audio, the sound yeah, design. Yeah. yeah, I haven't mentioned that in a while. Yeah, but like all of that stuff just combined to make yep. 
yeah, visually the were great. And, and the ornithopters were amazing. Yeah. I love those. Those were great. If yeah. you want to go best score in a movie of all time, Social Network, Trent Reznor, and I will fight anybody who disagrees. Yeah, I can't even remember any of the, dude. It is it is fantastic, and uh, it's got like this ASMR aspect to it. So if you need to be productive, you throw on some noise canceling headphones with that. It's like crack, <laughs> or it's like Adderall. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the ornithopters are amazing. That that I was so happy with the way those turned out. Yeah, I, I was kind of was. That was one of those things I was trying to visualize and see what they would do with it, and I really liked the the design of those. I would like to see them go back and remake the sci-fi miniseries, which was three two-and-a-half-ish-hour episodes um, in this style with this cast, but doing it the way they did it on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the best of both worlds. I mean, that's not great. Like, obviously, you got to punch some things up and change some some things to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it just it like it does look so good. And I told you, I had it a seven last night after watching it. And I actually I said six point five to seven, and I was leaning closer to seven. And just the more I thought about it all day, I was actually mad for like two hours today, and I could not, I could not tell you why I was <laughs> mad. And then I was like, oh, I know why I'm mad. <laughs> like legit mad. Like 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 my jaw was set. <laughs> like I just like was like, Arr. yeah. But I, I was actually more of along the lines of thinking more about this movie. And again, it, it kind of bleeds over into what I'm reading as well as as I'm cl- closing out on the book. So it's kind of that just all Dune, just <laughs> just everything about you know the story itself and not necessarily just what I watched last night. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, my background is a sandworm on my computer. My phone is named Shy Halud, you know? <laughs> um, I, I may have a problem. But, all right, so I've spoken enough. Last words, because we're at an hour and 40 minutes. Go. I must not fear. <laughs> Fear's the mind killer. But yeah, I, I really hope the second one gets made because I want him to, as mu- as many issues as I have with his vision, in this one, there were there were as first of all, I, I love almost every aspect from a visual and audio standpoint, most of the acting, and I like some of the story beats. Other ones, he he, I th- I think he dropped the ball on, mm-hmm. but I really want him to finish out his vision, and hopefully maybe be able to make up a little bit because there because some of the stuff he missed there's no way he's going to be able to make it all the all right. up on the back end we, yeah. there's just no way like Aralon so, almost don't even put her in yeah like if you're not gonna if, if you're only gonna do this as the first two don't even put her mm-hmm. in. yeah so i really hope to see i really hope to get one and that's why i'm going to actually go to the movies even though it's yeah. not going to be probably this weekend I, I actually might go see it Monday because I do have Monday off and just check it out in IMAX and, sh- you know, show my support. Again, I gave it a seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. This could have been a phenomenal film. 
it was still enjoyable for me. Just missed on some key aspects where it could have gone to a next level. Like he hit the target, right? Mm-hmm. He just didn't get a bullseye. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. That's that's a perfect way to describe it. So, all right, uh, we've gone super long, and I could talk about this for another hour and drive Daryl insane. So, um, <laughs> all right, uh, our fretboard show. If you've listened this far, thank you. Uh, go come check us out at fretboard on on the eighth of November at seven p.m. Uh, information will be up on the website this week. Um, if you've been trying to get to our website, we've had issues this week. I apologize. Um, blame GoDaddy. They were switching us over to a new server, and it's taking longer than expected. So, uh, yeah. All right. Any last words? Nope. All right. Well, may your blades chip and shatter, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.